I'm voting for Dukakis. <laughs> First line of the movie. Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, welcome to the Rabbit Weasel Podcast, episode thirty-two. The what is this? The third episode of our Halloween special. So you should. We're on track so far. Two more to go. Number yeah. three. Uh, I get it done. We might get July. five in October. Go us. I think so. We did. House of Thousand Corpses. Uh, then we did Halloween Town. Halloween Town, and now we're moving on to Donnie Darko. Okay, Donnie Darko. So, well, first of all, I guess I should introduce you guys. I always jump in too quickly. <laughs> so, Mia, Mia, how are you today? I'm doing great. We are at home in Seattle with the doggos, and they're having a ball fighting right behind us. So, if you hear them, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, we added a new puppy to the clan. Yeah, it's a it's a whole adventure. All right, and that's Justin, my brother. So Justin, I guess you, you're doing all right as well. Yeah, man. Live together. So yeah, we do live together, and we are still <laughs> enjoying it. I think uh, most of the time. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we're doing well, man. Kind of looking forward to enjoying continuing to enjoy October um, uh-huh. and the spooky time of year. So I'm excited to do another episode with you. I'm excited for Halloween. I'm excited for Halloween, yeah. Yeah, we're already Ooh. ready with a shit ton of candy that I ordered. Yeah, like enough nerds candy for the whole neighborhood. But she got it a month early and we've not eaten half the bag already. <laughs> I haven't seen um, outside of your house. Do you, is it a fairly suburban area? Like are there other a lot of other houses nearby? Yeah, it's townhomes uh, for the most part, and I'm not sure what's going to happen on uh, Halloween. I think we'll have some candy, and we'll have a jack-o'-lantern, and we'll do some decorating and be prepared, but it's really hard to tell what people are going to do this year and what they'll do in our neighborhood. What do you think? Um, I don't know. Last time, what we did is just in the front porch, we had like a jack-o'-lantern and some decorations and a table with like hand sanitizer and candy. Yeah. <laughs> and kids would just come up and take candy as they came by because of, you know. Um, yeah, we gave know, out at least three distancing. cavities. Yeah. yeah. At least three cavities. <laughs> at least three cavities were given. So we hope for more this year. <laughs> <laughs> Six cavities this year. <laughs> Donnie Darko. So this is kind of a in some ways a weird pick for the podcast i'm sure a lot of people will say that's not a horror movie first off my podcast i'll do what i want uh, <laughs> it, um i was looking for movies that take place on halloween that was the rule right the movie has to be set around halloween and this one kind of does i mean it's definitely an october movie the whole film mm-hmm. takes place throughout all of october um and it, it kind of counts Anyways, so uh, let's start off with Mia. Mia, um, had you seen this movie before? Yes, I had seen it a while back once, mm-hmm. I think. And But I don't think I ever saw it like the whole way through. It was only like pieces of it, maybe. It must have been like in a rerun that I might have caught like one time on network television or something like that. Or maybe cable television for more than likely. But, but I've never, I had never seen the movie all the way through. Okay um do you remember how long it had been since you saw it were you fairly young was it in recent years teenager adult no idea in my when i was like high school 
maybe was okay. it i had been out what year did this come out 2001 oh so yeah it could have been high school yeah okay um and what did you so really this is kind of like a first viewing for you what what did you think about it just general opinions oh and sorry before that let me say to everybody usually we kind of walk through the movie this movie works a little differently i mean there's time travel and stuff so i'm giving a spoiler warning from the very beginning if you haven't seen this movie just go ahead and go see it um yeah so go ahead, Mia. What did you think about this movie? Yes. What did I think about this movie? So um, this movie is definitely dark and darko. Yep, dark, darko, and very uh, interesting. Um, it took it probably like two viewings to kind of like really absorb everything because yeah, yeah everything. I mean, I'm sure on the like third or fourth viewing when I watch it again, and I pick up more details. But there's subtle little hints around the movie that if you don't not paying attention or you're watching it the first time you're not going to pick up or notice um like i know that there are certain times what they like name drop and they use the name frank a lot for people that is like doomed or you know something happens to them and so that's really interesting but i feel i like the movie it was i wasn't i was surprised as to how long it feels and it's a long movie but um I really enjoyed it. I love like also doing like all the research or like background to see what other people thought about the movie and the meaning and the well like different dimensions or like different you know you, you know universe or different time things. So mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, at the so we're going to walk through the film and then at the end of this episode we'll have some time to discuss interpretations. Um, but Justin, what about you? I think this was your first time watching this one, right? First time viewing. Yep. Wow. All right. Give us your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really good. Uh, I think, um, it definitely takes at least two viewings. The first time it is dark, uh, dark as the way I described it too. It's unsettling. It's creepy. It's a little unnerving. It reminded me of this movie, uh, Melancholia, um, that I saw. And it's like this impending sense of doom that I think the movie does really well. And yeah, on the second viewing, it's it's more clever than I caught the first time. And it has memorable characters, I think, too, outside of just Donnie. Um, I think... Uh, you know, Gretchen and Roberta, uh, Roberta and his sister. So, I mean, I, I like the, I like it. And then it has some really cool, like supernatural slash space time physics kind of stuff. That's all that I think is played out, played out well. So I, yeah, I, I think the first time you watch the movie, it just makes no sense. Yeah. And then when you watch it again, start to think about it, it's actually kind of a sci-fi movie that just doesn't really explain itself that much to you. You know, it does not hold your hand at all. So, uh, yeah, it's a fun movie to, to research. So for me, I mean, I love this movie. It's a movie that, again, I've said this in the last uh, several of the last episodes, but I saw this movie at the right time. Donnie Darko is, what, 15, 16. Uh, I saw the movie when I was probably 15 years old. Mm -hmm. um it's a movie that uh i relate it. it's a very personal experience for me i relate to the film a lot for reasons we'll get into a little bit as we go um yeah it's just uh again the, 
first, probably even as a teenager, I don't know that I ever really understood the film. Probably watching it now and picking up on things again and doing some research, I start to think maybe I get it. Um, I do think there is room for interpretation. For sure. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's great. It's one of those movies, I don't know, maybe kind of like Fight Club is another one that comes to mind where I love it. It's a great movie, but it doesn't leave you with a good feeling. So you don't want to watch it that often, you know? <laughs> yeah, you, you don't feel good. Uh, no, you, know. you don't. But, but um, I think there are really, there's a lot that, a lot of reasons why it works. Um, three main reasons. One is it uses music really well. Uh, I think without the soundtrack here, the movie would not be anywhere near as effective. Um, the second thing is the cinematography, you know, like they, the movie achieves this sort of like dreamlike state. Uh, and part of that is the slowed down cinematography. Sometimes everything's moving in kind of slow motion and they do it just enough where it doesn't get pretentious or distracting. You know, it's just enough to suck you in and then it goes back to normal. Mm -hmm. And three, um, this movie has a lot of really good acting and a lot of great actors, some of whom weren't recognized actors yet, but became actors later. Uh, recognize actors later. The main character we haven't said yet, Donnie is a young Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, who else is in this movie? Um, his sister is in the movie. Maggie. Um, yep. Mm -hmm. Drew, who else? Drew, Drew Barrymore is in it. Patrick Swayze. Uh, pa I was surprised. I didn't, I was, I didn't realize Swayze. he was in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Cunningham. And uh, there's one more, somebody who made their debut in this film did you catch him you probably recognized him uh seth rogan we did catch seth rogan <laughs> yeah he's a bully uh, he does a yeah. really good job with it too that uh you really don't like him uh and his counterpart fun bit of trivia um this is his first, I believe it's his first uh, film role, and his first line in the movie is, I like your tits. Yeah. No, he says, I like your boobs. I like your I like boobs, boobs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The first Seth Rogen line ever in film. That is okay. just perfect uh, for Seth Rogen. But yeah, the um, Mommy Darko, what was her name? Um, Rose, uh, her acting's great too, you yeah. know? Um, but anyways, so a lot of great things about this movie that make it work, but um Let's jump into it. Like I said, all spoilers are on the table. Just, just go watch the movie. Don't let this ruin, don't let us ruin it for you. Um, so we start off with Donnie. I mean, we're not really sure what happens. <laughs> it's an appropriate way to start. He just the movie starts with him on the side of the road, like he's had a bicycle accident. Yeah. And he regains consciousness, I guess, and rides back home. Um but the early part of the movie is mostly just introducing us to Donnie and his family. And I think the movie really starts off kind of like a David Lynch film where it's all American suburban, but then there's something weird underneath, right? Mm. So what do we think about, well, let's talk about Donnie Darko, the main character. Um, he's not a superhero, although when I first heard about the movie, I thought he would be a superhero. Um, Depending How would you describe this part of the movie? Well, depending on your interpretation, he's not not a superhero. He is in some ways, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not a traditional superhero. Not a traditional superhero, yeah. Do you want to go first? Um, so 
when you at the beginning i think you, you get introduced to donnie he is a kind of sort of lost soul but he's very philosophical is that how you say it philosophical no. philosophical 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 there you go words are hard people <laughs> <laughs> and he's um he has kind of like this like brooding teen angst seeing a therapist feeling alone in his own family while they're all eating dinner he still looks like he's feeling alone while they're all like having sort of pizza and talking together he's just what yeah. the fuck ass <laughs> he just he's a loner he is afraid and he's afraid to be alone isn't that funny he's a loner and he's afraid to be alone and he just he's kind of like an angsty teen yeah definitely uh justin you and i know a certain history teacher and uh he once said in class i don't know why i remember these random things that uh, rebel without a cause was the perfect teen movie and in some ways he's right but i also think this movie is very much um a great teenager movie because donnie darko is definitely the angsty teen perfectly and it also has a lot of the whole movie is about him kind of feeling like an outsider, but he also is special, you know. Um, so again, I saw this movie at the right age, but uh, what, what did you think about Donnie at this point in the movie, Justin? Do you think he's a little annoying at first? Maybe yeah, he is kind of bratty a little bit at the <laughs> beginning. Um, and the way he talks to his mom uh, when she just like comes in to check on him early on, and yeah he's kind of he's kind of a jerk um and so yeah he's he, not only is he not a superhero like you said he's not even really set set up as like uh just a standard hero <laughs> either um in the story so yeah he kind of also has like a keanu reeves kind of brooding thing going on i've been watching the matrix trilogy for the first time so i have young keanu reeves on my mind okay yeah i think he uh he actually becomes more likable as the movie goes on but at this point he's just sort of a standard angsty angsty teenager um he's like talking to his he almost has this complete arc i mean he's laughing yeah Spoiler the movie right. starts and ends with him laughing which is interesting yeah. a nice touch but uh i also like the line he, his the mom says our son called me a bitch and the dad goes you're not a bitch you're, you're bitching. bitching you're bitching yeah. <laughs> you're not a bitch. yeah there's some good humor in a, a lot of quotable lines in this movie but um okay and donnie's family so who else do we have we have the mom uh with mom and dad um uh, sister mm-hmm. who is i think that's actually maggie joan that's his real that's his real sister right yeah and then we have the little sister who doesn't have too much to do although she becomes kind of more important later so i like this kind of opening scene just introducing everybody to the family um the sort of um uh, dysfunction of it you know mostly with the kids fighting at the table and they're swearing in front of their little sister and teaching her words she shouldn't know and uh we find out donnie's in therapy and he kind of resents that he's in therapy and having to take medication and all that stuff so but then one night things start getting weird uh donnie hears a voice he just hears 
wake up in the middle of the night. And he goes outside. And uh, let's see here. I'll give, let's see, I'll let Mia, what does he, who does he meet outside? So he gets up and he walks outside and he ends up finding, which you don't know, his name is Frank. His name is Frank. It's a guy. Well, you don't even know the gender. So, so it's just a bunny suit. (laughs) It's a furry. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's a very, very distinct bunny suit and distinct in the face where it is very like shocking. And what is another good way to describe it? Like. Uh, exaggerated features yeah kind of monsterish i mean it's like green and white eyes and yeah and it's kind of that kind of like a little bit a snout and chin kind of makes you think of a skull yeah like a skull yeah yeah, like an exaggerated skull if it was more of to look like a bunny kind of and his voice is kind of yeah so you know like it's like the frequencies off or something yeah, they've done something to his voice where it doesn't sound natural. It definitely, mm-hmm. you notice right away, it sounds unnatural. Um, so, Justin, what do you think about Frank? He's kind of... Yeah, well, he, I he mean... He tells Donnie that the world's going to end, right? Yeah, he tells him the world's going to end in 28 days, 6 hours, 41 minutes, and 12 seconds or something like that. Um, you almost got that perfect <laughs> nice yeah i'm not looking at notes um yeah. so yeah like tells him the world's gonna end and so it's kind of interesting I, you know since we're not really doing it linearly i guess um i'm still kind of curious what this like as i'm thinking about what his like motivation is and like what he's trying to do here he he definitely saves him which is like allows, which is what allows Donnie to see kind of what plays out if he lives in this alternative kind of universe place, I guess. But uh, I'm still not really clear uh, what what Frank's deal is. But he's creepy. The first time through, my actual thought was that he was a monster and that he was like some delusions that Donnie was having, and it was like you know his. The voices that were talking to him causing him to do horrible things or not really horrible things it's questionable whether all of them are horrible but disruptive yeah. things. <laughs> right yeah one interpretation like i said we'll get to the end uh, uh when we get to the end i'll kind of explain everything or at least one interpretation but one of the interpretations is that donnie's just crazy and he's having some sort of psychotic breakdown and we're seeing it from the perspective of an unreliable narrator um in that case it kind of makes sense because you're hearing voices that are telling you to do things right Mm -hmm. things that you could get in trouble for doing so that's one way to interpret it but i love frank he's very every time he's on camera you're just like uh keep talking you're so cool (laughs) he's always saying interesting things he says it very slow um so yeah frank's great but anyways um So like you said, Frank tells him um, 28 days, six hours, 42 minutes and 12 seconds. That is when the world will end. So we start off with the world's going to end Um, and you've got a ticking time clock, right? Um, Then Donnie wakes up on a golf course, confused, you know, like he's been sleepwalking. And while he was sleepwalking, Frank saved his life, Justin, as you said. What, what happened back home? 
uh well an engine fell on his room <laughs> a plane engine a jet yeah. engine uh and it like yeah. crushed his bedroom yeah so he should have died if it wasn't for the bunny suit monster who called him up in the middle of the night and to kind of build up the mystery here no one knows where the plane engine came from you would think if part of a plane engine falls on your house someone would go oh yeah there was an accident there was a crash but and then like people come and make them sign papers saying they won't tell us talk about it we'll put you up in a hotel we'll fix your house but you're not allowed to talk to anybody about what you've seen. So from the there's FAA, FAA yeah. <laughs> yeah. FAA, yeah. And there's there's also, if you watch, there's people kind of like following Donnie throughout the movie. Like the one guy in a tracksuit is watching oh, yeah. him and stuff like that. So um so Frank begins to kind of uh exert an influence over Donnie. So Donnie keeps, as we've already said, Donnie keeps doing things, but it's also not clear how much Donnie remembers doing, you know, we're, we're not sure how much he knows about what's going on. Um, and one of the first things, excuse me, one of the first things he does is he takes an ax to school and he like destroys a water valve that floods the school. That's how he gets to meet Gretchen. Yeah. Not really meet Gretchen, but spend the yeah. day with Gretchen. So that's the next important thing is that, um, so the next morning while they're walking to school, the news gets out um, that school's canceled because the school's flooded. Um, and that's how he gets to walk home with Gretchen. But that's not the first time he met Gretchen, right? He actually meets her. She's a, so she's a new girl in town and they first meet when she walks into class. And do you remember what the teacher says to her when she asks where she should sit? She she needs to sit, oh, or she should sit next to the cutest boy in class, or the <laughs> yeah. boy who she thinks is the cutest. And they all kind of look right. at her and you make her eyes at her. And Donnie's just kind of like looking back at her, and she's like, she doesn't even point out or say anything. But they lock eyes, and the teacher knows, and she just yeah. tells the <laughs> other girl, kicks the other girl out of her seat. The one didn't, leave the one didn't read the 12 page novel <laughs> yeah yeah it's not good yeah no it's <laughs> not good not teacher, good teacher behavior. behavior even probably right. in the 80s although who knows what they were doing in the 80s that's true well anyway so that's how they first meet so she kind of is forced to admit to the whole class as a new student which boy she thinks is cute um but anyways it works out so because of this he ends up walking her home um and then they very quickly kind of form a bond so uh i guess we'll start off with mia mia what do you think about um gretchen and what do you think about her relationship with donnie so gretchen just moved here because her mom and her stepdad got a divorce and why did they get well, a divorce actually, well, hold on a second <laughs> Stabbing so they got a divorce because the mom put a restraining order against the stepdad because the stepdad stabbed her mom six times right i think six times in the night on the chest and he's on the run and so they've had to move towns and change their names and she thought that gretchen what gretchen what's her last name something was a fun name i can't remember but she you know she said that she liked that name and um, gretchen ross gretchen ross perfect so she 
is and she's now hanging out and agrees to date Donnie interestingly enough. uh but you know it's interesting because she comes from a home that is like an abusive relationship and that the per the partner has mental health issues and problems just to re- sort of like the cycle of abuse where yeah. you know she ends up with donnie who also has issues his issues yeah. are different it- than the other guys so his emotional issues as he points out <laughs> Yeah, it's weird because she comes from a very messed up family, whereas Donnie comes from a pretty normal family, mm-hmm. but Donnie's more messed up than her. Uh, I also like the line, uh, oh, my stepdad has emotional issues. And Donnie goes, oh, I have those too. <laughs> what's <laughs> yours? Uh, what's your stepdad's like? Oh, he tried to kill my mom. Oh, <laughs> it's that, you know, it captures that awkward teenage phase where you're trying to express yourself. Uh, and you're very awkward, <laughs> but um, yeah. So Gretchen, uh, they're kind of a good pair, I think. And it's, I mean, it's not the greatest romance in film history, but it kind of makes sense that they find each other and they kind of relate to each other. They both have their issues that they're dealing with. They're both kind of outsiders. So yeah. um, there are there are some fun scenes here. Okay, before things start to really get dark. Uh, first off, there's the hypnotism scene where so Donnie's going to a therapist and everything, and she hypnotizes him. <laughs> Justin, I'll let you take this one. It's kind of funny. Uh, tell, do you want? Do you remember the hypnotism scene and how it goes wrong? Yeah. Well, he like uh, she asks him what uh, has he uh, like what's he been thinking about or what's he been thinking about at school, and he's like. I've been thinking about fucking and the council tries to change the topic and he just insists on how what he 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 says he thinks about married with children and and fucking Christina Applegate um and so he's like talking about it and then I mean basically he goes to uh, uh, unbutton his pants and put his hand down in his pants and then the therapist quickly does her two claps to wake him up and uh, he comes to realizing he's put his hands in his down his pants and was unbuttoning his pants. <laughs> That's how it yeah. played out. <laughs> uh, it doesn't really add much to the movie, but it is funny just to uh, wake up with half hypnotized, their hand down your pants, not knowing what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's not what you're looking for, generally. <laughs> yeah uh fairly realistic though of a teenage boy you try and get them to talk of think about something else and they they completely can't um but uh (laughs) what else things about memory 15 yeah um what oh we have the the scene where they're just hanging out donnie's hanging out with his friends and they're shooting beer bottles drinking beer smoking cigarettes and they go off into a conversation about the Smurfs for no real reason. Me, I love that me, conversation. Like that <laughs> That's so funny. Because I also have not thought about, or well, I would have never thought about the Smurfs that way. But I love that conversation where they're like, he's like, they're asexual. Yeah, he's almost offended that they would. Uh, he's like, first of all, uh, <laughs> Smurf didn't make Smurf Smurfette. Gargamel does. She was Gargamel. a spy from Gargamel sent on destroying the 
Smurfs and it was their goodness that converted her, you know, the goodness of Smurfland. Uh, yeah, cool. it starts off with the, I don't even remember why they're talking about the Smurfs, but they start off by saying that his friends who are not as smart as him start off by saying like she was basically a slut for all the other Smurfs. Yeah. And it, that really pisses Donnie off because I guess in his mind, the Smurfs is something innocent and he doesn't want it corrupted. And he just goes on this huge rant about how they're wrong. And then they get, they're like, what do they say? Damn it, Donnie, why do you got to get all smart on us? <laughs> Those are the kind of conversations you have when you're a nerd with your friends over analyzing stupid stuff and, uh, and cartoons and fiction. But anyways, um, so it's around this time that we first meet Grandma Death. And Grandma Death is this really old woman uh, who spends her time just walking back and forth to her mailbox every day. And there's never any mail and she never finds anything. Uh, but one day <laughs> while so she, and, you know, she doesn't even get like paid advertising, <laughs> she gets nothing. It's so sad. Mm -hmm. yeah it's just empty and she just keeps going back and forth and this actually there's a reason for this we'll talk about it at the end of the movie but um so but one day when she's driving donnie and uh him are driving home they almost run her over and when she gets out of the car when they get out of the car to check on her make sure she's okay she grabs donnie and whispers in her his ear and we don't find out right away. We only find out later in therapy. Do you guys um, remember, I guess, Justin, do you remember what she said to him? I don't remember the direct quote, actually. Um, do you? She says. Yeah, go ahead. I don't, I don't actually says, remember. Every living creature on earth dies alone. alone. Mm. Which is one of the saddest things I've ever heard. But uh, yeah, I am. Um, Anyways, so that's right. that's Grandma Death. She's mm -hmm. what is she? A hundred and one okay. years old. That's what he says. Yeah, and we find out more about her later. But for now, we're going to get into the parts of the movie that really stuck with me more than the other parts, really. And that's just, um, I guess, Donnie, the, the social climate around Donnie and his school. Um, for one. Is Donnie, I don't think it's ever clearly stated, but I think Donnie is in a, a Catholic school or a Christian school. Um, they have uniforms. Yeah, it's definitely a private Christian school. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's never explicitly stated, but some of the stuff we see suggests that it is. For one, we have Miss Farmer. Uh, Miss Farmer is, I think it's mentioned that she's the gym teacher um but basically she's one of the teachers there and okay uh mia how would do, do you know who i'm talking about miss farmer i do yeah tell us about miss farmer um, what you thought about her yeah so miss farmer aside from you know being a very religious minded teacher she's a gym teacher right is that like um she is following the teachings of mr patrick swayze jim cunningham yep and um she sticks between and she's like teaching them about between neg is it negative thinking and positive thinking or she seems like a super religious kind of like uh i don't know how to explain her because her look is very um 
what's a good uh, I, is she a karen yes oh, yes thank yeah. you <laughs> that's she's not a perfect a term but no kind she's of a, the a good first iteration of what a karen would be in the 80s <laughs> mm -hmm. so she i guess we first really get to know her and see what she's like because um they're at a PTA meeting, a parents PTA meeting to talk about the, the um, vandalism at the school. And she stands up and gets everyone's attention and blames it on a book that they were being taught in school, which was Graham Greene's The Destructors. So she's, she kind of represents censorship and thinking, you know, this sort of self-righteous morality that says, oh, we can blame a book for bad things that happen, you know? Oh, so yeah. that really sets up who she is very well. And while she's coaching Sparkle Motion, uh, you know. the, the scene with Drew, yeah. uh, with Drew Barrymore is like, come on, really? You're getting me fired and this is what you're doing with these preteens? Uh, yeah. Just great. We'll get into Sparkle Motion here in a little while. But um, so I, I really relate to this character, well, I like this character in the movie and some of the other characters around her because I went to uh, a private Christian school for about two years when I was uh, 12, 13, and I knew a lot of people like her. Um, that's all I'll say about that for right now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, I think I was still processing the trauma at the time I saw this movie. So, um, these sort of like super self-righteous people who want to, you know, tell everybody how they should behave and criticize everyone. And they're always right about everything, but they're not really that great people themselves. And they refuse to see their own moral blind spots. Uh, yeah. So moving on. Um, <laughs> uh, as you were saying, Mia, she is obsessed with this sort of self-help motivational speaker character who uh, is Jim Cunningham, played by Patrick Swayze. Okay, hi, Patrick Swayze. Uh, <laughs> so great random. Acting. Yeah, it's really yeah. random. But he's good, you know, he plays the role he really well. He does a great job with it, yeah. Yeah, so how would you describe him, Justin? He's his character in this movie. He's like, uh, man, he's... It's like almost like an infomercial. He's like an attractive Pat Robertson from 75 years ago or something. You <laughs> just kind of like, can tell he's kind of a... He just strikes you as insincere, which is like Donnie's problem with him. He seems like uh, whoever that man. There was a that creepy pastor too, who's uh, I can't think of his name right now, but it doesn't matter. That's what he, he makes. Me I know think, who you're talking about. It's almost the exact. Yeah, yeah. He makes me think of a creepy pastor. Um, Joel and Olstein. not Joel Olstein. It's even more creepy than Joel Olstein. Joel Olstein for sure. Yeah. <laughs> or that one guy. He's like, I spit on you. <laughs> yeah. oh I can't remember what he is. He's from Texas too, I think, yeah. right? Maybe? I can't remember. So anyways, yeah, he has that kind of vibe and um, yeah, and an infomercial kind of vibe too. Yeah, he's the guy, I think the televangelist comparisons are very good because he's the guy who, um, yeah, again, he's giving people false hope, feeding them bullshit to get rich basically. And you get the sense that he is, he knows he's full of shit, right? Mm -hmm. But um, so he has this whole thing where his scheme is everything in life is divided into love and fear. 
So he tells people you're living in fear and you've got to embrace love. The teacher, Miss uh, Miss Farmer, like forces the kids to watch his videos and do his exercises. And Donnie stands up to her <laughs> and gets into this big argument, trying to explain to her while it's why it's bullshit. And she says she's going to fail him if he doesn't just participate. And what does he do? He tells her to shove the book up his ass, basically up her yeah. ass. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets in trouble in school. <laughs> so, but along alongside all this, um, Donnie's behavior problems, which, um, uh, again, I really relate to Donnie here because there were a lot of times in school where I wanted to do this, what he's doing here, but, um, his hallucinations or whatever you want to call them are starting to get stronger. Um, so one thing he sees is he starts seeing these floating orbs, I guess, that leaves trails in front of people. And it's not clear. Um, what did you think seeing this movie? Were the orbs predicting the future or were they guiding people uh, without them being aware? What did you think about these orbs? It's one of those things in the movie, the first time you see it, you're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. It seemed to me like it was they were predicting the future. That's how mm -hmm. I took them. That it was like going in the exact direction out of the chest of people that then they followed, kind of right after that. So mm -hmm. I thought it, I took it as kind of both predicting the future, but in kind of a deterministic way. Yeah, a lot of this movie has to do with fate too. But um, so, anyways, there's these things that come out of people's chests. They're glowing orbs that leave a trail and people follow them without seeing them. And then Donnie sees one emerge from his chest and he follows it into his parents' closet where he finds a gun. So things are getting dark. <laughs> and as we know, filmmaking 101 or storytelling 101, if there's a gun somewhere in the movie, it's got to come back later. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> um, it's not good if you're led to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Someone literally takes you to a gun. Look, there's a gun. Um, but it's also around this time that Frank puts the idea of time travel into Donnie's head, uh, leading to Donnie goes and talks to, I guess it's the science teacher at school, and they have all these after-school conversations about um, these real advanced scientific ideas, time travel, uh, and the philosophical implications of some of that stuff. Um, and we find out he gets a book, and the book was actually written by a former teacher who is Grandma Death. That becomes oh, important later. Though. Yeah. But I want to turn it over to Justin. Justin, maybe you won't have much to say here, but you're more into the sort of science fiction and hard science stuff that I am. What did you think about these, these conversations? Is anything they're saying realistic at all? Is it all blabbering? I don't know. What did, what did you think about the sci-fi aspects here? Yeah, I haven't read Hawking, just so uh, we're clear. Um, but my understanding of space-time um, is that it bends, um, and there seems to be some suggestion that you can uh, bend it upon itself um, so that space can be in two different, uh, kind of compressed upon time itself. Um, so, yeah, my own understanding of... Uh, of this is that the like argument for time travel is not as clear cut as the physics <laughs> high school teacher makes it. Um, 
So, um, yeah. So the other thing I'll say is that time doesn't really work like the way that they seem to kind of suggest it can't both be this kind of linear reverse thing and a function of space. Um, so they're playing with a couple of different concepts, but, um, and I love the play on a spaceship being any metal spaceship, um, as them, as it, as it moves on. So yeah, um, it plays with some fun stuff. It does play with like kind of time and space, but not in like an actual serious way. And I guess I should ask, I assume you guys watched the, the theatrical version. You didn't. Did you watch the director's cut? The director's cut is like two hours and 20 minutes. No, the one watch was an hour and 15 minutes. So. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the director's cut gives a lot more information about what's going on in this movie. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But these scenes kind of serve to, in some ways, explain a little bit of what's going on. Uh, but ultimately, the, the teacher stops Donnie. He's like, look, I can't keep talking to you about this. For one, Donnie's like too enthusiastic. He starts talking about God and destiny. And the teacher's like, ooh, this kid has some mental health problems. I could maybe say something wrong here. So, um, but we go back to, back to Miss Farmer. Okay, so she has arranged to have the televangelist jim he's not actually i keep calling him a televangelist he's not actually uh, <laughs> he does feel like a televangelist though. yeah he's doing the same thing right but uh uh jim the televangelist guy to the school okay so he goes he has like a a presentation in the school auditorium and he's basically peddling his bullshit and donnie comes up to the microphone and sort of calls him off guard calls him out catches him off guard and calls him out and uh mia do you remember this scene what donnie's little speech when he finally gets to confront this man do you remember anything about it i remember that so he starts talking about how he's kind of like a bit of a fraud and giving them terrible advice because somebody's like my mom my sister's you know eats a lot and or is unhealthy or something like that or or she's overweight or something like that. And he's like, no, you should go on a diet. And then other guys, like little kids, like, you know, he's being bullied and um, he's asking for advice and he just, you know, and so he's kind of calling him out on his shitty advice that like he's just peddling his, you know, promotional material. And then eventually just kind of call him, yeah, call him the antichrist. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it is Justin, what Justin said, that's his opening line, like, uh, hello, how much are they paying you to be here? Uh, and then they have this whole conversation where he points out everything, how this guy's talking complete nonsense. And uh, then he ends off, the guy starts off with, see, this is exactly what I'm talking about. This young man is full of fear. And Donnie kind of reveals himself, admitting that he's confused and scared and everything. And then he goes, but I think you're the fucking antichrist. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's one of my, th that part of the movie always stuck with me. You know, this, this kid calling someone out like that. Um, but anyway, so Donnie takes Gretchen to see a horror movie. Hey, do either of you guys remember what movie they're watching? I do. I do. Evil dead. Yay. Evil Ooh. dead. We have to the get last temptation of Christ, right? Was the other one? Yeah, that was the other one on the marquee, but they're actually watching The Evil mm -hmm. Dead. Um, apparently, I think I read Sam Raimi let them use that in the movie for free, which is really cool. That's cool. Um, but anyways, um, 
So Gretchen falls asleep and then Frank appears, um, which leads to one of my favorite exchanges. Uh, Donnie asks him, why are you wearing that stupid bunny suit? <laughs> why are you wearing that stupid man suit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, again, anytime Frank is on screen, it's great. Frank says, uh, I can do anything I want and so can you. And Donnie tells Frank to take off the mask. And when he takes off the mask, his eye is all injured, somehow damaged. Um, which I think at that point, we've already had the scene where Donnie was stabbing the mirror, mm -hmm. Frank's eye in the mirror. So you're not sure, did Donnie cause that by stabbing the mirror or what? Um, but what does Frank, Frank sends Donnie on another mission? Um, ah, he does. What's the mission, guys? Go burn, burn the house down. Burn it down. Burn down the kitty dungeon porn house. <laughs> oh my God. So dark. Well, we don't know that yet. But yeah. yes, he tells him to go burn down the house. Um, and Donnie does just like sneak out, sets the house on fire, burns it down. And um, man has a full body portrait of himself uh, in naked. his living room. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I don't think it was naked. No, just sort of like a. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, royal looking painting of himself. But uh, yeah. And so, like Justin said, when as they go to put out the fire, they find a hidden room. And basically, this guy is involved in um, child porn. Uh, it's implied that he, I think it's implied that he was even making it. Um, we don't get the full details, but he has a hidden room and there's a lot of child porn and he gets arrested. So, but back up a little bit, because while Donnie is setting his house on fire, we also have the school talent show. And now here's where we'll talk about sparkle motion. Okay. Who wants to take sparkle motion? <laughs> it was kind of brought up earlier. Yeah. Well, so we see two acts, right? We see, um, Charita, Charita, uh, yeah. do her dance and then sparkle motion has uh, has like donnie's little sister and miss farmer's daughter and a few other girls and they started dance routine to notorious um and they're all kind of dolled up and, and some tight latex mm -hmm. and they're dancing they're shaking their hips too. They're shaking their hips. Yeah, they're in there. Yeah. They're engaging in sexual dancing. Yeah. Um, um, also kind of done up to look kind of young at the same time. So and let's clarify these girls, how old do you think they are? Six? Seven? Oh, I I thought maybe like um because he makes a joke, right, that she can't, she can pop a baby out at eight. So she's got to be like six or seven years old. Yeah, she's really young. These girls are really young girls. And we see some of, um, uh, we see some of the teacher's hypocrisy here, right? She wants to ban books. She calls one of the books pornography. But then she's like forcing these girls to, these little girls to dress up and dance and She's very hard on them. Like she tells her own daughter, look, if you're going to throw up, just swallow it. Just swallow it. 
Yeah, so we see some of her hypocrisy and how she's kind of creepy in her own way. Yeah, sparkle motion. I mean, their dance is really good, I guess, but just how hard they're pushed and there's some uncomfortable ass parts of it and just the fact that the woman behind it is so weird. Um, so yeah, sparkle motion. Uh, and Charita, we kind of skipped over her. She's this sort of like chubby Asian girl uh, who has a bit of a accent and all the kids make fun of her. So she's really bullied and um, very sympathetic character. And later Donnie, one of my, a very touching moment, Donnie, uh, as he's slowly breaking down, like just finds her and grabs her and tries to tell her like, look, everything's going to be okay for you one day. Just hang in there. <laughs> Completely freaking her out. Um, so yeah, Miss Jim is arrested, child porn. Miss Farmer is of course in denial because this is not a woman who can handle reality clearly. Um, <laughs> so she actually goes to defend him saying it's all a conspiracy. Mm. Uh, but anyways, so she actually abandoned Sparkle Motion to like go to his case to help out with his case, uh, which means that Donnie's parents have to fly out with Sparkle Motion to because they're going to like a competition or something. Yeah, his mom. His mom, yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's also the funny line where she's basically in tears trying to guilt Donnie's mom into taking her place. And she says, I don't think you take Sparkle Motion very seriously. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. She did also uh, say, you're my last choice. Of, yeah, I'm, yeah. of all the mothers. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good negotiation tactic. <laughs> don't start off by telling someone you'd rather not to be talking to them. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but anyway, so mom and dad, little sister out of town, which means that older sister... And Donnie, they're going to throw a Halloween party, okay? House party. Mm -hmm. And see, it is a Halloween movie. Mm -hmm. All right, mm -hmm. there we go. Uh, <laughs> we justified the inclusion. <laughs> um, but uh, there's a lot that happens here. We're, we're kind of running along, and I want to get to talking about uh, some of our interpretations. But basically, during the party, Gretchen shows up. Her mom has disappeared. She thinks it's her boyfriend. Uh, ex-stepdad um and donnie has this point where he freaks out and he's like oh my god frank's time clock is about up the world's about to end you know so we've got to go to grandma death because she wrote a book on this and help her find everything out so unfortunately though when they get there the two bullies jump them and we haven't talked about the bullies much we mentioned seth rogan is one of them but there's this other guy who's really dangerous who like pulled a knife on donnie at one point now he's got a bigger knife mm -hmm. and it's implied that he's actually going to kill Donnie. <laughs> you know? uh, he has a really big knife and he's holding it Donnie's throat. Um, unfortunately, well, fortunately for Donnie, unfortunately for the bullies, this car comes out of nowhere and scares the bullies off. But what else does he do with the car? He runs. Um, so he is about to hit um is it mother death grandmother no. grandmother yeah. death mm -hmm. yeah. and in, in order to avoid her he runs off the road and he ends up running over gretchen yes killing her there <laughs> she is yeah. definitely dead but that's not all when the driver gets out who is it it is frank the, it's frank the sister's boyfriend apparently yeah, so we find out. I never caught this uh, the first time or two I watched this movie, but Frank is actually Donnie's sister's boyfriend. Um, 
But yeah, so it's Frank in his Halloween costume. But this isn't the same Frank we've been seeing. This is Frank. Well, we're really not sure, but this isn't the same Frank. It's like Frank before he's dead or something. So maybe the Frank we've been dealing with is a ghost. I don't know. But <laughs> just to kind of make everything go in a circle, Donnie's so pissed off that he pulls out a gun and shoots him in the eye. So explaining Frank's eye injury later. So um, all right, now we're almost to the end here. Donnie is now a murderer, <laughs> okay? Um, he runs home, gets his parents' car, and he's driving with Gretchen's body, which is also kind of creepy. Um, and he goes off to an area overlooking the town. Was this the same place that he starts off at in the beginning of the movie? Do you remember? It's a good question. Uh, they're both kind of along kind the of side them. of the mountain, overlooking other areas. So, yeah, I have to look again. But anyways, he goes to this place, he drives out where he can kind of overlook the town. Uh, and he sees um, basically like a wormhole or some sort of vortex is opening up over the town in his home. And at the same time, his parents are flying back home. Their plane goes through uh, this vortex or wormhole, whatever it is. And... Jet engine... Yes, jet the jet engine off. gets ripped yep. off. <laughs> so the jet engine that fell on their house was the same one from the plane they were flying on, I guess. Um, yep. Now, then the whole movie basically rewinds itself back to the beginning, um, except this time Donnie does not get out of bed. Frank does not wake him up, and he's killed by the jet engine falling on his room. Then we get... This is a very important part. If you don't watch closely, you'll miss stuff. We see a lot of um, like a montage of all the people that Donnie has interacted with. Like they're waking up from a dream and they sort of remember what happened. Like we see Frank is rubbing his eye and Jim is like crying horrifically. Um, but then we go to afterwards and instead of Donnie coming home, he's still dead, like we said. And Gretchen rides by on her bicycle. Um, she asks what happened to one of the neighbors. They explain what happened, and she doesn't know Donnie. But there's one weird moment at the end. Do you guys remember? She waves at the mom. Yeah. Her and the mom, like, catch eyes, and they wave as though they know each other. So, and that's the end. Woo! Okay. <laughs> so now we'll get into... Um, really quickly, some of our interpretations of the movie. I guess, Mia, do you want to go first? Um, what did you, how do you interpret what's what's going on in this movie? Did you do any reading to help explain it or? So I just kind of went down this little internet wormhole. <laughs> wormhole, uh, appropriately yeah. put. Um, yeah, well, I was like, at first, when I first saw it, I was like, what is going on? Like, does him not actually dying reverse everything? And he was like, meant to die. He wasn't supposed to live. So that means everybody, you know, just goes back to normal. But then I was looking at it and it says, you know, it's just like two parallel universes colliding. And the it's like a, some kind of event. And the event was the jet losing its... Um, 
little turbo engine and then causing this whole like impact and the worlds are trying to balance each other out mm -hmm. and the balancing would be at the very end would be donnie dying but that's as far yeah. as i got on that one yeah i mean i think the first time you watch the movie unless you're really paying attention and thinking hard you just have no idea what the hell's going on you mm -hmm. know um but justin what about you the first time watching the movie what did you think were you like everybody else and just went oh this is just crazy or did you have an idea of what was happening yeah the first time i um it seemed like there were pieces of like time travel that, that were being worked in and that it had to do with like different timelines that were either intertwined or not intertwined or causing one another but it wasn't clear like i missed the, like so the second time i I kind of picked up on the fact that when he has her body there at the end, that that's a wormhole kind of opening up. It looks like a bad storm. I wasn't right, sure right. what was going on. Um, and then he wakes back up and it's like rewound. I'm like, oh, and then. So, yeah. But the second time through, I found it like in some ways put like it was better put together. Like it, it made a little bit more sense. Um but also, it, you know, it doesn't really tie it together as well as you'd like either. I mean, it's not clear that it all that it all hangs together. But I, I like the interpretation. The interpretation I like is that um, <clears throat> he gets the opportunity to see what would have happened if he had stayed alive and that uh, even though he would prefer not to die alone and that he wanted to stay alive, he was supposed to die then despite kind of how this was all playing out and in the end he accepts it he kind of wakes up he remembers living all of it he's kind of happy with it and he dies laughing um and then everyone else isn't harmed by this kind of aberration situation mm -hmm. um so that's what yeah, I, got, I think justin you described it to me as a sort of uh backwards it's a wonderful life <laughs> yeah the inverse of it's a wonderful life yeah <laughs> yeah whereas that's a good movie everybody uh watch that one with jimmy stewart but in yeah. it's a wonderful life he finds out that his life is important he needs to live because he helps so many people he doesn't even realize it and you you kind of saw this movie as the opposite of that where he realizes why he has to die <laughs> because bad things happen if he doesn't i love that interpretation um <laughs> thanks yeah. but uh all right, you guys ready? It's time for Jared Explains Donnie Darko. Here right. we go. Oh, let's hear it. Right, let's hear it. <laughs> so first off, um, as I already mentioned, the reason I brought it up, we watched the original cut, not the extended cut, because the extended cut adds a lot more ex explanation to the movie. It inserts the book that Donnie gets. It inserts text from the, the, the book that kind of explain more of what's going on. And some of it's still not completely explained. There's still room for uh, interpretation. Uh, and I also want to point out my resource here. I didn't actually have a chance to watch the extended cut, but I did a lot of reading. There's a great website called donniedarko.org.uk, which really goes into everything. All right, so here's what happens in Donnie Darko according to this explanation. We have two universes. There's the primary universe, that's the one that we live in, the real universe, and then you have a tangent universe, so sometimes the universe will form a secondary bubble, uh, an exact replica of itself, and that secondary universe is where most of this movie takes place. 
Now, the second theory universe, it's like a bubble, all right? It has to, it's unstable and will eventually pop, okay? So Justin and me are just sitting back and tuning in. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> here we go. This is going to take a few minutes, so listen up, everybody. Okay, so this tangent universe is um, unstable. It will self-destruct. Now, sometimes, for some reason, an object from the uh, primary universe will be duplicated into the tangent universe. So in this case, it is the plane, the engine artifact, right? Uh, the, the plane engine, it's called the artifact. So when this happens, there it means that when the tangent universe is destroyed, it can take the real universe with it. So somebody is selected. <laughs> oh, goodness, this is going to take a while. Okay, somebody is selected, and this person's job is to send the artifact back to the primary universe so that um, when the tangent universe is destroyed, it doesn't take the real universe with it. Uh... Donnie, Donnie is that person. So this whole movie is Donnie being manipulated to do his job. And to do this job, he's given special powers, okay? That's why he has visions. Uh, that's why he's so, he at one point has super strength and he can put the ax into the bronze statue. Um, he does all these things without being caught. And to aid him, there is what it calls the manipulated dead, I think. So someone who died in the tangent universe, in this case, Frank, is also given almost godlike powers to help uh, Donnie do his job. So the first thing that Frank has to do is keep Donnie from dying. So the first thing he does is wake him up to save him from the plane crash. And everything that happens throughout this movie is carefully controlled so that Donnie uh, is in a situation where he is willing to do put the artifact back in the right universe. Okay. So at the end of the movie, um, his girlfriend is dead. He has uh, he's a murderer. He doesn't have much left to live for. Um, even him flooding the flooding the school is how he met Gretchen. Um, all these different things are just carefully controlled to get him to this point where he's willing to do what he has to do. Um, also, if you notice, that's why so many people act in weird ways. Like sometimes people seem to know what's going on, um, and sometimes they they don't. Uh, also, the cellar door thing, we didn't even talk about that. The teacher, for no reason, as she's getting fired, writes cellar door on the whiteboard and talks about it. So later, when Donnie sees the cellar door, he knows to go in there. So he runs into the bullies. So, yeah, basically, that's it. <laughs> so um, Donnie has to save the real universe by sending this object back into the real universe so that when his universe ends, it doesn't destroy the real universe. Any questions? <laughs> so what's the actual artifact he has to send back? That's where it gets kind of confusing. It's not very clear in the film. The artifact um, is the jet engine. So somehow when the universe uh, was replicated, uh, there was a little glitch and the jet engine was made twice. So there were two of them. This connects the universes so that when one of when the secondary universe dies, it can take the original universe with it. 
Uh, I think maybe it's pulled through a wormhole or something when the secondary universe is made. That's where it gets a little confusing. Um, but yeah, at the end of the movie, that's what he's doing. He's sending it back to where it belongs. So, Got it. And then he dies alone. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also, it's also not clear that he has to die. So when I first saw the movie, I thought, uh, and I had read, as a lot of people believe, that this all happened because he was supposed to die, and he didn't. So there's like a cycle going on until he realizes he has to die. But at the start of the movie, he only doesn't die because Frank saves him. So Frank saves him. Um, so why would Frank save him if the whole point was for him to die anyways? Yeah. So yeah, basically he has... Um, there's just this weird cosmic stuff going on where people have destinies that they have to, there's fate that they have to act out. I like it. <laughs> I like it. It's a lot of moving pieces. I feel like we are watching yeah. Inception Inside Out yeah. or something. But when you watch the movie again, uh, with that in mind, it almost all makes sense. Um, you know, why Donnie does the things he does, why things happen. Um, why Frank seems to have special powers, all this stuff. So, yeah, it's really cool. Um, Very good. Yeah, and there's right. one. The Hopefully only thing. We make it to Halloween, even though Donnie didn't. No. The okay. only thing I don't like is that, you know, you talked about how everything was better because he dies, except the only thing that's not better is that um, Jim doesn't house his house doesn't get burned down and he doesn't get caught mm. but to kind of work around this apparently on the film's official website they said that you know at the end of the movie we see him wake up crying like just hysterically crying so apparently part, part of this experience gives him guilt in his own mind and uh in the on the film's website it says that he killed himself later so the movie doesn't tell us but he does still kind of get some justice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Justice. Sorry. I've been wanting what? to explain that for about 16 years. So right. <laughs> um anything else to say about Donnie Darko, guys? Did we cover it all? I don't think we it'll, covered it. Yeah, it'll take more than one viewing. Yeah, and maybe more than yeah. one discussion. <laughs> yeah, and I think so. You know, it's up to you if you like that explanation or not, because the actual film doesn't explain all that. It's only the extended release that sort of walks you through it all. So I think if you don't like that interpretation and you just want to watch the original and have your own interpretation, I think that's fine, you know. But uh, I'm the kind of person I want things explained. I always get pissed off when movies don't explain to me what's going on, so I have to figure it out. But, all right, uh, next episode is for week four. Yeah, week four is going to be Ernest Scared Stupid. Anybody ever seen Ernest Scared Stupid? No. I have not. Has anybody seen an Ernest movie? No. I have not. Okay. So, I used to watch them when I was younger, and now I get to watch one. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I missed the whole earnest thing, but we'll talk about that next episode. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching the movie with me. And I hope everybody's having a good October and we'll see you next week for Ernest Scared Stupid.
See you then, man. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.